Welcome to the opportunity for a personal spiritual growth experience with the Sue Curran Podcast, a podcast all about leading you into understanding the ways and heart of God. Pastor Sue shares from her decades of experience as a founding pastor, author, teacher, and world missionary. The goal is that you receive practical spiritual insights that you can apply to your life at home, church, and place of business. And now, your host, Dr. Sue Curran. Welcome back to the Sue Curran Podcast. Today, you are going to hear the second part of my conversation with our special guest. Now, you don't want to miss the first part of our conversation. So if you haven't listened to it, please pause the episode and go back now. And now, part two of my conversation with our special guest. I think in the whole realm of speaking of the prophetic, Pastor Richard, I believe this is one of the things where people um, they get afraid about the prophetic because they hear something. Well, I ministered at a man's church one time that it had been prophesied that he should build for, maybe it was 5,000 or something like that, you know? So he just did it based on oh, what this prophet wow. said. And <laughs> that had been maybe 10 years or more ago. And people were still just rambling around in that huge place <laughs> because <laughs> it was, not right for him or else the timing was not right. Well, that prophet didn't do this. It might've sounded like good news, but the prophet didn't do that man any favors. And and you know that. So that's why the scripture finally tells us despise, not prophesying. Yes. And, and so despise means don't think little of because some people make mistakes don't get an attitude about it because <laughs> you know, Richard, I've, I have kept my p- prophetic words through the years in some folders. I, I have a pretty good number of them <laughs> by now. Yeah. And you know, I will have to say that as I look through those, the larger part of those prophetic words have come to pass. Yes. Amen. Either that or it's a, it's, it looks pretty good that they are going to come to pass mm-hmm. And and I don't sense that there was much that was I would consider false. And you know, that's quite a thing to say over a whole lifetime. Yes, you know? absolutely. I don't think we should lose confidence in it. But also I believe that we should get hold of a healthy respect of what God's word teaches us, how we should function in the prophetic realm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I- I I completely agree. I had um, I had some of those experiences myself when it uh, came to prophecy. I've got a folder of different ones. When we would have, uh, you're familiar with this too, but uh, I always had what we called presbytery, and we yes. would bring uh, people with. Uh, they were either they had uh, the gift of prophecy, or they were in the office of a prophet, two different things, mm-hmm. uh, the gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet. But because, uh, you know, the spirit of prophecy can come upon a meeting or upon the local church and uh, like it did uh, uh, King Saul. Right. Uh, it, it can settle upon him and people were like, well, is he one of the prophets? So 
the spirit of prophecy can come on a meeting, that type of thing. But we would try to have individuals in for what we call presbytery to come in and we'd have, we would select couples that uh, we wanted to hear the word of the Lord concerning mm -hmm. prophetically. And that uh, we wanted some confirmation as, as pastors uh, right. and how to use that, utilize them. And, and so uh, we would bring these very trusted, gifted people in and, it was accountable. They would give these words, but the pastors, the elders that were, were there, everything was being judged. There was more than one prophet involved. And it was a safe setting for the individuals that were receiving the word of the Lord, but it was also safe for the local church because it was being, it was accountable and it was being judged, not just by the pastor and the elders, but also by the other prophets that were there participating in the presbytery service the laying on of hands. And so I think that that's, uh, that's important too. And those same guidelines that in the new scripture teaches us that prophecy, first uh, Corinthians 14, I think verse three tells us that it's for edification, exhortation and comfort. Yes. And, uh, I believe new Testament prophecy should bring that to the body of Christ. Yes. And, uh, we, you know, I never felt that, uh, prophecy right new testament prophecy rightly used was to berate or belittle or expose someone mm -hmm. um you know that but it was to edify exhort and comfort and of course uh, sometimes in exhortation it doesn't edification of course is to encourage us it brings growth because it increases our faith and our spiritual understanding but exhortation sometimes is an admonition sometimes it's a might be a caution or a reproof or a rebuke, but encouragement uh, side of exhortation is stirs you up for new courage. And then of course, my goodness, there were so many times through the years I would receive a, a word of prophecy in that setting that was uh, comforting, uh, consoling words that actually were like a healing balm to me in difficult times. So, I think if we would submit those gifts and understand their real New Testament purpose uh, and we would bring everything into and under that, that covering that then prophecy would serve its proper purpose. And, um, and there wouldn't be as much disappointment as there has been mm -hmm. because there's just, uh, uh, it's kind of, it's like this uh, pastor Sue, and I don't mean it in a negative way, but Everybody and his brother, it seems, was carrying a card there for a while, calling themselves an apostle. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, now everybody and his brother is online and they're a prophet. Yeah. I just don't know that that's always so. Right. And for the safety of the body of Christ, rather than uh, someone who's self-proclaimed in those areas, for the safety of the body of Christ, it's important that those things do come under the covering of the local church and and that that pastors and church leaders will have the courage to speak to someone with that particular gift in their church and say um you know that i think you might have missed it there or you went a little too far in that mm -hmm. i think that's lacking too is that willingness of shepherds to pastor those with prophetic giftings that are under their covering mm -hmm. in their church if you, it takes a certain amount of courage to set someone aside, pull someone aside and say, you know, 
that's not the way it should be done. Um, you know, we need, we need some clarity there. And that was too ambiguous, you know, or yeah. uh, you didn't even really need to give that word. I think sometimes um, I, I always taught our church. If, uh, if the pastor has preached a word and uh, you jump up in the middle of his preaching and give a word of prophecy because you're excited that just says the same thing the pastor just preached. There's no need to, <laughs> to repeat that, you know, right. and no need to interrupt him or her. So it's, I just feel like uh, there's just some guidelines and some common sense that needs to be uh, common biblical sense that mm-hmm. needs to be applied to prophecy. And then if someone does air, we'll realize, well, they're under covering and right. their pastor will talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, or their uh, board of uh, overseers will s- sit down with them and talk to them. And, and uh, I, I think that's where it needs to be brought back to is the local church. Uh, I just, uh, I'm a big believer in the local church. Pastor Sue, I heard someone say here recently that COVID coming along and everybody having to go online has taught us that we didn't need the local church, they said. Mm-hmm. That wow. going to church was just uh, a drug of choice. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I, my reply to them was, if going to church is a drug of choice, then all online church is is a methadone clinic <laughs> because <laughs> you're, still the, you're still trying to do the same thing but not the real thing. I just right. feel that it's important. The local church, the enemy, I think, wants to undermine the essential oh, yes. nature of a local church. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that nowhere is that more evident right now than in the area of prophecy. Yes. Where, where people have just, they were out of church for a long time. They turned mm-hmm. to the Internet for everything from a pastor to prophecy. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that's where I, I feel there's a little bit of danger there. Yes, because we need to uh, be directed in the season that we're in back to the local church, even on the mission field. That's how missions has always been done. You go into an area, you preach, people get saved, you disciple them and raise up pastors Mm -hmm. and set established churches in these unreached regions. It's the plan of God. It's just the way it should be. And it's not going to change. Yeah, back to your the statement there that's being made now. <clears throat> I've done a fair amount of, of reading about what some of the people who give themselves to study this area are saying about uh, what's the best posture for us to have now that the COVID thing has happened to us and all of this. Uh, they say, they predict, that somewhere between 20 and 30% of people that were in our churches before COVID will never return. The word is, I've heard the same thing. Have you heard that? And they will never return. And um, that, and they say, but that's okay because, um, you know, you're, you're reaching out to them uh, by the things that you are doing online I mean, the the jumble of it in my own mind to see people, you just don't even know what happened to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're just just left to uh, wonder about that.
And then also perhaps many of those people who heard about you and started attending your Sunday service online don't don't and haven't come to your mm -hmm. uh, local church and they might feel that they're just as happy to go to church online. The problem with that is, uh, yeah, it does give people a place to hear the word and maybe the worship and things like that. There are things that it can never replace that are in the local church. And of course, there's nothing wrong with having both that would make sense. Have online right. church for those that can't get there or whatever. And then have the brick and mortar churches for the people that have been brought up this way and looking forward to their churches uh, being restored, which I believe that I believe that church going will be restored because yes, I do too. nothing else is going to, to take the place of that. I, I just get, you know, we, we had to, as soon as we got some release, we went back to our Sunday morning services with the precautions and uh, then we had a little outbreak of COVID. And so we took about maybe a month off because of that. And, uh, and then when we opened it up for people to come back again, and people were so glad. I think yes. we, we got so that we like church, Richard. <laughs> and we really, <laughs> truly were looking yeah. forward to, to coming well, back. Well, if, if it is a drug of choice, I guess I'm addicted. <laughs> uh, because yeah. I do love... Uh, I do love the house of God gathering yeah, together in the house of the Lord. With that said, we did exactly as you, as you said, uh, at the end of February, Pastor Sue, we, and first Sunday of March, we were still meeting together last year up until that first Sunday of March. And uh, we were, we were uh, 18 to 1900 in average attendance in mm -hmm. uh, the beginning of uh, 2020. Well, when we went back to church on Pentecost Sunday, uh, we still kept our three services expecting, you know, to um, most people would come back, but it didn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, just this past Sunday, for instance, we have had about a thousand people. We're doing two services instead of three, but we did, uh, we do registration online mm -hmm. so that we stay at 50% capacity for the social distancing part. Yeah. And um, we encourage them mask to the seat, just like if they went to a restaurant, right? Uh, that type of thing. Yeah. And and so we're we're trying to do that, but we also we were already online. We had a great online uh, church. We were online uh, streaming before uh, before this happened, before COVID. So we went ahead and took our existing leaders who didn't feel comfortable to come back to church and utilize them in the same area that they were already in ministry in. For instance, if they were working with youth, we kept them with the online youth mm -hmm. and uh, their families. If they were working with outreach, if they were working with follow-up or small groups, we went ahead and kept those same leaders working and reaching out to those people every week, just like so that the leaders themselves would still feel active and connected to the church and still feel like they were leading and helping the congregation. So our online presence continued to grow. And the oddest thing happened, 2020 uh, with COVID, 
we baptized more people, had more salvations in the church, people coming to in-person church, new people. Uh, there were, just this past uh, Sunday, there were 40 people in the new members class, the first one for this year. Good. So we're growing, still growing, but half the people coming. So uh, our online uh, numbers began to grow to where we were ministering to six or 7,000 people a week online. So the online is growing. I, I completely agree. You go ahead and do both. Go ahead and continue to reach out until those that are uh, uncomfortable with coming back to church right now, whatever the reason might be. Right. That, you know, uh, go ahead and minister to them and form ministries. If we, ha you have, if we haven't already, make sure that you form ministries that are reaching that online group of people. This it's just like when uh, radio first came in. People started doing radio ministry and people had radio pastors. Same mm -hmm. thing with television. Right. Well, we always encouraged people. You remember there was the shut-in. Uh, we're going to pray for the sick and the shut-in. They would say right. on the radio programs. Yeah. Well, t we still have that need. We have people that are shut in for different reasons. And whether it's in a nursing home or, or in their own home because of the sickness, they're... Uh, uh, COVID are, are another sickness. So it's important to continue this ministry where you can reach to people who can't get to the house of God or who are uncomfortable with coming back. And it's that group that they're hungry right now and they're, they're starved for the relationship and for what they were experiencing in the local church. And so they go online and their uh, prophecies and different things like that are taking place. Different voices are speaking into them on, on a Sunday. Uh, at first people were listening to their own church, but yeah. then as time passed, they got used to it. They would go off their church for a while, listen to another church for about five or 10 minutes, go back and they were checking yeah. out everybody's worship, everybody's pastor. And so no one was getting a consistent voice. Mm -hmm. And I remember you preaching a message years ago about, uh, voice and variance and yeah. uh, the importance of hearing the the voice and uh, because of how if, if we didn't hear the voice of the pastor mm -hmm. we could vary or, or find ourselves in division how important it was to hear that voice mm -hmm. and so I think it's important for people to just uh, in some ways reach out the best way we can to our online congregations and encourage them to stay connected and utilize all your leaders that you can. And many of our leaders, many churches, Pastor Sue, their leaders are not coming back yet right now. Mm -hmm. And so go ahead and use them. Use them in the areas that they were plugged into and they were effective in even before COVID started so that you can continue to reach to those people that are online. And in that way, you don't make people feel bad because they're not coming right. or because they're a little afraid of getting out or perhaps they have physical comorbidities that. They know that if they get COVID, it could be very dangerous for them. Right. Well, there's no need to browbeat them. Right. Let's minister to them and serve them and love on them. And if they have a concern about prophecy, then, for instance, they can contact the person that's over the ministry, that Zoom ministry or online ministry that they're a part of in their local church. They still got a leader that they can turn to and ask about those things. And, uh, Bring, bring prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit 
uh, into accountability. I think God would be pleased with that and honored by it, and the church can continue to grow worldwide. And it, and it is, you know, it is. Uh, this past uh, Sunday, as I said, we had about a thousand, but we also had somewhere close to above six thousand watching online. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to continue to reach out to those that are in need, and at the same time, validate the gifts, stand behind the gifts, and be accountable in the gifts. Well, that's good, Pastor Richard, and and the changes, of course, are going to come. Uh, Through the years, actually, our ministry is a little more than 50 years old. Yes. And um, that that is quite a while. There have been a lot of changes. When we started out in ministry, um, it was the Jesus movement time. And and there was just a thing that was upon the country, on the nation, uh, where people were hungry for God. That's what mm-hmm. happens at revival times. And when God's yes. moving, uh, things just just happen. And then I believe then God raises up churches to consolidate those gains that he's yes. bringing in. That's what churches are for. Oh, and if people, if people don't get into churches, then they will either become unproductive <clears throat> or they stand a chance of, falling away and besides that um we can never really mature without having other people to relate to and to, oh yes that's to so grow true with yeah. so the church is so valuable and i think um i, I was talking with a lady once and and <laughs> she didn't really know me that well and didn't know what i believed or taught and she said well you know some people say that that they're prophets, but that's of the devil, isn't it? And I said, no, <laughs> it's actually not. Right. And so I began to explain to her some of these things that you and I are uh, discussing with our audience today. I really do hope that what you will get from our time together today is some handles on this mm-hmm. so that it won't be guesswork. You won't have to worry about it. You won't. Have, if you're a pastor, you won't have to worry that your people may be straying out somewhere eating the wrong grass and what have yeah. you. Um, but but to know, well, prophecy is a good thing. The church needs prophecy, yes. and and you know I'm in I'm in churches that they don't really acknowledge the prophetic gift at all. And it, and there's a lack, there's a void where you don't have right. that. It really does elevate the service. As you mentioned earlier, edification, exhortation, and comfort, how we need those things. We and do. you can just, oh, to my. me, it's the difference between church and technicolor or church and black and white. It just yeah, so yeah, it just yeah. makes such a tremendous difference. But, well said. but first of all, I believe that we must be convinced that there are there's um a framework that the gifts must flow in or else it can just uh, go any direction. People can be hurt uh by it. I think that people, I think when you be so wise, I think you've alluded to this. People need to consult with their pastors 
mm-hmm. about anybody else that they might uh, have listened to or be listening to. And I think that we should remain teachable our whole lives long oh, to let amen. someone share with us. Yes. You know, if they know any reason they perhaps shouldn't. You know, the scripture talks about false prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we don't run into, I, I haven't run into a lot of false prophets, but we have prophetic words that are not accurate. Um, And um, there are some false prophets. Remember, Jesus was real clear on this. He said, by their fruits, you shall know them. them. Yeah. And and they come to you in sheep's clothing. They're Mm -hmm. smooth. They've got all the right words to say. And and these people will have a power um, to to draw you in. I'm just amazed sometimes that they have so much to say, but there again, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we've gotten very bold um, in these things. Um, you know, you can imagine that in a 50 year period of time, I've had opportunity to hear some pretty far out prophecies. Oh gosh. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have, and I've been around some people that had some, high opinions of themselves and but you know the the enemy he wants to have his people out there too it's good yes. by the way talks about doctrines of demons doctrines yes of yeah, demons. it does yeah and you know over there in ephesians 4 if you want to go read a chapter that is just wealthy with things mm-hmm. that help you mm-hmm. in this area it's Ephesians 4 will tell you about the fivefold ministry and that they were the gifts that Jesus left uh, when he ascended. They're called, we call them the ascension gifts. And also in that same chapter, uh, he says that we should not be subject to every wind of doctrine, uh, that we need to grow up and get into the word Yes. And if if you're going to listen to anything prophetic, I think that we need to have a good background and know what we're hearing, or else we could be taken into these oh, things true. that wouldn't be helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. Amen. Uh, I think uh, I see our time's about out, uh, but uh, I think we might be coming to the end. But I do want to mention, Pastor Sue, that speaks so much to my heart. Because if if you go to First Corinthians chapter twelve, chapters twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, chapter twelve gives us the list of the spiritual gifts. Chapter fourteen gives us the uh, restrictions upon or guidelines for the spiritual mm-hmm. gifts. Right. Sandwich between them, chapter thirteen talks about love. Right. And I, I really believe that the gifts themselves. It's almost like Paul. I don't think it was an accident. I think it's like. Paul in writing to the church at Corinth is saying, now these are the gifts and you don't become behind in any of them. Mm -hmm. So this is the list. And uh, this is the way they should operate. Right smack dab in the middle. They should operate with the motive of love. And, you know, love prefers my brother and love doesn't want to bring harm to him. And anytime the gifts are motivated by love, I think there's, uh, they're a blessing and a, and a benefit. And 
And so I, I believe that the gifts are so necessary because, and prophecy, of course, because uh, you remember it says to desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you prophesy. Right. So we should desire the spiritual gifts. And the rather uh, that's there puts the priority on prophecy. It doesn't disregard all the other gifts. It just says, but rather prophesy. But then it goes on to tell us that, uh, uh, but greater than all of these is, is love. And, uh, it, you know, so I, I just feel that if we will allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us with the love of God, whether it's in prophecy or any of the spiritual gifts, that our motive will be right in it. And uh, we won't be, and, and love, by the way, I think love is, is a mark of maturity. Um, I think uh, because, you know, when you're a child, you think as a child, but you're also kind of selfish. You know, yes. you, you want, uh, it's my toy, mine, mine, mine. We want to take my toy and go home if I don't get to use it. But love says, you know what, I'll hold back on that gift and submit it to pastor because I want to make sure that or I'll, so love is maturity. It's, it's that ability to, it's, it's a sign and mark of maturity. The love of God is because it, it will put others before me and it will uh, submit. Uh, that's the beauty of love. And so uh, if we could emphasize anything right now, it's don't allow the body of Christ to be divided by all of this controversy. Right. Don't let the enemy come in and pit, pit us against one another. Right. In every church, there are Democrats and Republicans. Mm -hmm. There, there are right wings and left wings. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very important right now that we do not allow the enemy to divide us because right. the power and anointing for the proper flow of spiritual gifts. Psalm 133 tells us that, uh, that it is unity. Yes. When there's unity among us, the anointing flows from the head all the way to the feet. And so unity is the key to the anointing and the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so my heart is that we will uh, walk in love toward one another going forward, not allow the enemy to divide us. Right. Uh, and, uh, and not allow, uh, and, and to allow the gifts to be, at, to have as much confidence as ever in the gifts themselves. Yes. And understand that if they're motivated by love and they're submitted, they're such a blessing to the body of Christ and to the local church. I'm so grateful for it and thankful for it. Yes. I, well said, Richard. And, and I feel those that about love and unity is so uh, very important. And yes. what God has to say <laughs> yes. is going to ring truer through eternity than oh, what amen. any of our opinions are. Oh, I feel that one extremely important thing you know, a person that has been through a lot of difficulty in life, uh, been through situations, we say it like this, that that break the person. Yes. And as he's not as prideful as he once was, he's come to yes. realize there's a lot of things he doesn't know, all <laughs> of that kind of thing. And um, it really, God really can't use a person much that's not broken. Uh, so because true. they they won't put the other person and they won't put the work of the church first. Amen. But Amen. It's, it's it's with themselves. Amen. But and this word teachable is oh, so important. Yes. I've, I've tried my whole life 
when I'm with um, a person who really knows God and has known him a long time, has had wonderful spiritual experiences, I try to do less of the talking and more of the listening uh, so that I can grow when I'm in that (laughs) situation. And I have been with a lot of of very wonderful, knowledgeable, wise people uh, who have shared many things with me that I've shared with others. And, you know, that's why I brought um, the course um, recently. I just did it in um, January um, about how Jesus built his church. Uh, I have a burning desire to see people again get back to um, building the church in the biblical way so we can have strong churches and so people's needs can really be met. It's not just a matter of my idea and my preference, but God's word does tell us how to go about these things. And if we do that, it's for our own safety and growth and maturity. And any, any generation we live in, there's going to be dangers. Um, but we can keep ourselves safe by uh, putting ourselves in a proper covering, obeying right. the word of God and the, submitting to the spiritual leadership over this, over us. And, and we can grow um, by the same token. Oh, Richard, yeah. I just want to thank you so much for oh, I'm so honored taking your time today. I, I know that you're busy, not quite as busy as you were because of COVID, not traveling quite <laughs> as much as you were. <laughs> right. But um, I know that that you're very busy. But you know, I have found and have decided that uh, the best thing that I can give people is as much of myself as is worthwhile that I've learned about kingdom realities. I want to do that before I go home to be with Jesus. Yes. And so I try to use opportunities just like this one that you and I have today. Well, we're not saying that we know everything. We're just simply saying in the crucible of life that we have lived, we have learned some things that we feel if we share these things with you, it might make life easier for you. You might grow better. You might yes. prosper more. You might stay out of trouble, which I've tried hard to do. <laughs> um, and and it's just, um, there just are ways to grow. And I think this is one of them learning, learning from other people as well. Yes, amen. So I, I just pray that God will continue to give you and Teresa good health so that you'll be Thank able you. to travel and fulfill your ministry. Uh, Now, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, Richard, tell us how they should do that. Well, they can uh, get in touch with us through our uh, email address, which is pastor at visitcalvary.com. Or they can call the church, Calvary Church, at 423-282-2811. And a member of the staff there will uh, get a hold of us. Those are the easiest, simplest ways. Uh, And thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sue. you have been uh, a general in the faith to me and uh, I, I'm so grateful for your wisdom and knowledge and thank you for continuing to impart what God has deposited in you. We will always love and honor and appreciate you and be thankful for uh, your voice. It, it makes a difference. Thank you, Richard. And uh, it's wonderful 
when you can have a relationship such as we have mm-hmm. and that continues to grow uh, yes. through the years. We pray for Amen. each other. We cheer for each other. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm very thankful. I do believe that God chooses people to be related to each other. And by too. the Holy Spirit, he builds strong bonds between them. So thank Amen. you for letting us be bonded to you. My joy. Teresa, it, it's been a great blessing to us. Thank you. And I hope you'll come back and do another podcast with me at another point. We would love that. We would love that. Thank you for having us today. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Sue Curran Podcast. Join us next time as Dr. Curran shares more insights through interviews and teachings geared to help you grow in your relationship with the true and living God and function in a more productive and powerful way.